Thanks for raising the bar so high, John. Appreciate that. Well, good morning. Uh, isn't it great, that team? Miguel, welcome. We love having you here. Um, very cool. What fun stuff is happening. Well, I hope you have had a great weekend, and uh, I want to give you just uh, two, two things kind of by way of announcement before we have some fun in the, in the book of Ephesians together. The first one is, as you know, uh, many of you know, we had a baptism service uh, two, uh, yeah, about two weeks ago. And uh, that's a time when we just celebrate the fact that God is changing the lives of, of people right here in our midst. And uh, we celebrate, we hear their story, and, uh, and then publicly they, they declare um, that they are uh, following Jesus Christ. And uh, we just want to give you a heads up on that um, because that's such a highlight weekend for us and for um, those people that get baptized. I want you to know that if, if you would say today that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, um, but you have yet to be baptized we want to strongly encourage you uh, to, to do that, to get in on that the next time we hold um, a baptism service. And so I want to direct you to our website. Next month we'll be having a, another class, a baptism class, and that'll be followed by a baptism service. And so I want you to uh, make sure you check, check that out. And then secondly, uh, I want to mention the, uh, the, the challenge that's been laid before us. I hope you've enjoyed the, our study uh, through the book of Ephesians. Uh, personally, I've loved it. Um, it's, been, it's been incredible. I'll tell you, though, the thing that I have been um, more struck by than anything else, and this is just a gift to us, is our lead pastor, Steve's passion for God's word. Um, you should see the guy around the office during the week. He can't wait till Sunday to present the, the word of God. That is a gift, uh, truly a gift uh, to us. But last week, Pastor Steve laid out a challenge for us, and uh, that challenge was called the E37 Challenge. Remember that? And, um, and I want to just encourage you in that uh, th- this morning and take you through the different parts of that. You remember that we were given a, we were given a chain last week, a little chain. I put mine on my keychain, and, and um, that, those chains were to remind us. The Apostle Paul, when he's writing the book of Ephesians, he's in prison. He's in, he's in chains. And so that first uh, chain link was supposed to, to, to remind us that we should be praying for someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And so that that person would be on our hearts and our minds. And, and, um, and then the second thing was that we would prepare our story, that we would prepare our testimony about how we came to, to know and love Jesus Christ. And, and if you go to our website, you'll find that there's some, uh, there's some tools there that will help you. They'll take you through exactly how to write out your, your God story, your testimony. And what we want to do is we want to compile that, those stories as well because there's nothing better than the story of life change. Um, and then thirdly, we, the challenge is to present, um, to invest in the life of the person that, that you're befriending, to invest in them, and then t- by Thanksgiving to share your God story with them, to share your faith in Jesus Christ with them. And so if you didn't get a chain last week, you can get one of those at Guest Central, and um, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun to see what stories come in and how God is working in our city and in our workplace and in our neighborhoods um, through that challenge. So, so that'll be great. Well, this morning, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to, we come to the second part, really, of, of chapter, uh, chapter 3 in Ephesians. And I want to give you a little bit of a warning as we look at this passage. I want to say to you that this, this passage is loaded. This passage is loaded, and, and the power of God, I think, speaking into your life today through this text, you could have something incredible happen in your life. Um, this is, these verses are John Alford's favorite for, for good reason. They are loaded, and I'm telling you, they have the power to change lives. Um, that said, what I'd like for us to do is just to go to God again and, and just to pray and to ask God um, that the, these words that were written years and, and years long ago, that these words today would fall afresh on us. Um, 
I really believe this is true. And, and, and if you've walked with Christ for, uh, for any amount of time, you've seen this true as well, is that when you press into God, when you pursue him, when you open up the door and when you say, hey, God, would you speak to me? He does that. Um, he meets you there. And so this morning, I just want us to start off and to say, hey, Lord, the door of my heart, open. God, now would you come in and would you do a work in me? And so, so would you pray with me? Lord, it's a privilege to be able to come before you today. And Lord, we, um, we came gathered here today because we're anticipating that you're going to speak to us. Lord, we know that you're that kind of God. And so we as your people, we come before you. Lord, I pray that you would give me the grace to present your truth well. And then, Lord, as a, as a church, we come before you and we say, with minds that are open and with, with, with hearts that are saying, hey, Lord, come in, and with expectations that are high, Lord, we say, would you do something mightily? And so I want to encourage you, would you take just a, just a few seconds here on your own, and would you invite God into, your, into kind of this, these moments, these next minutes of your life, and would you invite him in, and, and would you ask him, Lord, would you do something great in, in, my, in my life? Would, maybe you say this to God, maybe say, God, would you surprise me? God, would you ignite my faith? God, would you encourage me today? God, would you, would you remind me? Would you challenge me? And so right now, just take a moment and just say, hey, hey God, the door's open. Here's my prayer. Go ahead. So Lord, that's... That's the cry of our hearts. And Lord, we trust you. And we know that you'll meet us um, as you do. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let me, uh, let me start off this morning with a little question for you. Have you ever had a piece of information that you knew would be very helpful to someone that you cared about? And you longed, there was a longing inside of you to be able to tell that person this truth, this piece of information that would help them. Maybe they're kind of, you see them going down a dangerous road and, and in your mind you're saying, man, if, if only they would listen to what I say, I just want to tell them this one thing and if they would, it would it'd be helpful to them. Maybe you find yourself even in that situation right now and, and you'd say, yeah, with maybe a friend or some, it's someone in my, in my family or maybe it's a coworker and, and you'd say, yeah, I see them, they're going down a, a dangerous road, maybe it's in a relationship or with their kids or with their finances and, and you're kind of, you're watching this happen but there's something inside of you that's saying, oh, I just, I long to impart to them uh, this truth, this, this knowledge that would be so helpful to them. Maybe you've been to kind of the school of hard knocks in this area and, and you, you, you want to help them. You ever had that feeling? Can you resonate with that? You ever been in that place with anyone where you just, oh, I, if only they would listen. I wish I could pick up the phone and just say this and they'd do it. If they would get this, oh, it'd be so helpful. Or how about this? Have you ever prayed the same thing for someone over and over and over. And every time you pray for this person, those are the things that come right out of your mouth. Have you ever done that? You just long to communicate something to someone? Our oldest of three kids, uh, Aiden, had his first day of kindergarten on Wednesday. Now, as you can imagine, this was a big day for him. But I'll be honest, it was a bigger day for Christine and I. Huge day, right? And so we lived just across the street from the school. And so, so we, as a family, walked over to the, to the kindergarten and, and things were going well. We said our goodbyes, um, hugged him, you know, that whole thing. And, and things were going pretty well. And, and then he went up to stand by his, his teacher. And all the teachers were standing in front of the, the school building. And then the parents could stand about 20, 30 feet away on the sidewalk and just kind of wait for the, all the kids to file into the school. Well, this would have been an okay goodbye. I mean, it was, it was okay. I mean, parents were taking pictures and some were kind of hugging, you know, and the goodbyes and all that. And, and 
on the, like, by where the fifth graders were, it, it wasn't a big deal. Those parents were like, could we get in the building now, right? But on the kindergarten side, whoa, emotions were flaring up. I mean, it was like, it was high intensity on the emotion side, on the kindergarten side of things. And so, and to make matters a little bit worse, there was a bus that was late. And since it was the first day, they wanted to wait for that bus before they all trickled into the building. They were going to do this big thing. And, and so we waited almost 30 minutes. And so this goodbye, like, took a long time, right? And so I'm standing there, and, you know, we're kind of talking, and we can see Aiden up there, you know, 20, 30 feet away. And, and parents are continuing to do the hug thing and all that. And, and um, I got to thinking, wow, is there anything that I really want to communicate to him? Because I've got some time. And then there was this, mo- this mom next to me, and, and she had twins that were going to go in, into kindergarten. And she said, hey, twins, you, you get over here. So she pulled them over. She got right down on their, on, on, on their level, and she was crying. And she said, you, tw- you twins, you guys find each other today at recess. You, you look and you find each other. And I was like, geez, I was doing fine until that, you know. And I was thinking, are there parachuting into a war zone this morning? What? What's going on at recess, you know? Got me all nervous. So a little more time passed. We're still waiting. And so I, I looked at my son. And I gave him the wink. He gave me the double wink back, you know. And then I mouthed these words to him. I said, I love you. And then he said something back to me. And I, I couldn't, I didn't tell what it was. I was joking with me. And I said, Christine, what did he say? And she said, he loves you more. I said, oh, that's cool, you know. And then, and then the moment came that we had been waiting for. The kids finally, the bus shows up. The kids finally start streaming into the school. Fifth graders first. No big deal. Teachers quit clapping. We're fine. You know, they're walking into the building. Teachers made this tunnel. Everybody's clapping. Fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade, right down to kindergarten. Now, the parents at this point are doing this. We're we're, we're pretty far away. So all the the kindergarten parents are like this, just trying to get a glimpse, right? And I could see like the last 20 feet. I lost him in the crowd, but I I just kept my eye on the door because I could see those last 20 feet in which he would walk into the building. And so he, he kept going, and finally, boom, out of my sight, but then in my sight. Like, yeah, I saw him, good. And then we turned around, because it was over, and we were all clapping, and, and then it was, like, kind of quiet, and parents, you know, and we're starting to walk away, and it was sort of this awkward moment, and I was thinking to myself, oh, right now, and I was picturing him, I knew he'd walk into school, he'd turn right, he'd go straight to his classroom, and I thought, oh, I wish I could just run back into that school, and I wish I could just tell him, and just say, hey, these five things, you remember these five things, and, and you'll be totally fine. To which he would probably be like, you need to see a therapist today, dad. Like, go home, you know? But I, I, I wanted to, I was saying, what would I communicate to him? In our passage today, the apostle Paul, he is longing to communicate some truths about God that to the core of his being, he doesn't want anyone to miss. We're going to see that Paul longs to see this. He longs to see those that he cares about. He longs to see them having a relationship with Jesus Christ where Christ dwells in their hearts. The overarching theme, the the, the main point, the, 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 the overarching point this morning is this, and it drives to this question. Here it is. Is Jesus dwelling in your heart? Is he dwelling in your heart? If you've been gone for a while and, and you've maybe missed different parts of this series, um, I want to just very quickly bring you up to speed as to where we're at in the book of Ephesians. In the first three chapters of this book, we've learned a lot about our relationship with God, um, who we are in relationship to God. We learned that we are adopted by God. Well, we, we've seen that through Christ, we can have personal relationship with God. He doesn't need to be distant. He can be very close, very personal. We learned about God's grace. Oh, what a great word. 
We learned it about his grace. We learned how he sees us. That regardless of how you might see yourself, that regardless of what your opinion is of you, that regardless of how you would label you today, that God sees you in Christ, get this, as a masterpiece in Christ Jesus. Amazing. And now when we get to chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And he says that, but then he stops. And for the next 13 verses, which is what Steve talked about last week, for the next 13 verses, he goes in a different direction. Do you ever have that happen to you? You're thinking about one thing, you're just starting to talk about one thing, and then you kind of lose your train of thought. Has that ever happened to you? It happens to me when I'm driving sometimes. I'll be driving along, you know, 10 and 2, being a good driver, doing a good job, and, and all of a sudden a nice motorcycle will go by or, or somebody's pulling a boat. That really gets me, you know? And all of a sudden it's like the road just followed their, their vehicle, you know, right? And I just kind of lose my train of thought. The Apostle Paul goes in one direction, boom, stops, parentheses. And then for the, the following 13 verses goes in a different direction. But when we get back to verse 14, Paul, he repeats the beginning of that original thought that he had in verse 1 of chapter 3, and then he continues on. But let me just say this before we get into it. You're going to see a picture this morning that is pretty amazing. As I studied this, and and, and from the first time I, I was reading through it in preparation for this morning, it just grabbed me. This picture that we are going to see, it is captivating. So let's jump in and, and know this. We're going to work slowly through this because it is so rich. It's lots of people's favorite verses because it is so rich. Look with me at verse 14. First three words. He says, for this reason. And you might ask a very logical question. Hey, Paul, Apostle Paul, what's the reason? And it's very important that you, that you know this. You don't want to miss this. The reason is this, that God has made a way for you and I to have relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we are spiritually alive, chapter 2, verse 5. And through, through Jesus Christ, that, that, that we are God's workmanship, chapter 2, verse 10. We are his masterpiece. Last week, that whether you are a Jew or whether you are a Gentile, in Jesus Christ, you're all one. We're all one in the family of God for this reason. And now you could insert this in the text you could kind of pause and say, okay, for this reason, you could change that to be to say, because the stakes are so high. And for the rest of this letter, now when we get to chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is going to begin to tell us to do some pretty hard things. But before he gets to that, he writes these words to us. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, don't just kind of gloss over that. He says, I, I notice he says, I, I kneel before the Father. Think about this for a second, what Paul is doing. He's laid out before us all the blessings that we have in, in Christ. And, and he's about to give us some hard instruction. But before he does that, he, he says, uh, he kneels before the Father as a prisoner. Now, get this picture. He's a prisoner. He's in a cell. He's in chains. And before he goes any further, he gets on his knees and he he prays earnestly for the Ephesians. A prayer that he prays for each of us even this morning. Isn't it great when someone prays for you? Don't you love that? You know, sometimes when you find out that somebody's praying for you. This week I got a text from Brad and 
and uh, he knew I was kind of up studying, and, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you this, this week. Um, and then he said, dot, 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 he said, bring it, exclamation point, you know? You know, that different, that motivated me. It was encouraged, encouraging. Be encouraged this morning. This prayer that we're about to read is for you. Notice the Apostle Paul's posture. Try to picture this. He's kneeling. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm kneeling in prayer, like if I'm praying and I feel prompted to get on my knees, I'm usually not going to pray for the meat and potatoes. It's not like, thank you for this food. That's not a desperation need personally for me. What Paul is doing is he's, he's on his knees symbolizing a lot of things, symbolizing humility before God, He's symbolizing, hey, I'm, I'm in desperation because you know why? He longs for his people to, who would read this. He longs for Christ to truly dwell in their hearts. He's praying for a game changer in your life. And it's kind of cool because we're getting in on a holy moment here. Have you ever walked in on somebody who's praying? You ever done that? You ever walked in or maybe even come into the church a little bit late and people are praying and it's sort of awkward. You just kind of want to stand. You know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a holy moment. We're getting in on that. And in a state of being overwhelmed with all that God has already done and all that he's about to do, he's on his knees before the Father. And, and don't miss this part of it either. What do you think the Heavenly Father is thinking? What do you think our Heavenly Father um, is, is thinking about how he's going to respond to this prayer? Know this for sure. When your heavenly father hears this kind of prayer, he, he, he's all over it. He wants to answer that, this prayer for sure. Look with me at this prayer, verse 16. and This prayer that, that has resounded throughout church history. Actually, here's what I want you to do. I, I'm just going to read this. You can take your eyes off the screen. And, and I'm going to ask you even to close your eyes. I want you to picture yourself in that prison cell. I want you to picture yourself next to you, even hear the chains, you know, as the Apostle Paul moves his arm. I mean, mean, try try to be there. He's there in the presence of God, seeking our Heavenly Father on our behalf. Just close your eyes. Let me read this to you. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the, to the, to the measure of all the fullness of God, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's powerful, isn't it? Let's look through this together. Look at verse 16. First he says, I pray out of His glorious riches... Now, he's previously expanded on this uh, earlier in in chapter 3, and he said this. He said, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles, here it is, the unsearchable riches of Christ. In chapter 2, he writes, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, here it is, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Paul is praying that we'll experience these riches. He's not praying that, hey, I want you to to show up on Sunday. I want you to hear. I want you to read truth. And that's it. No, he's saying, I want you to embrace these things. 
I want these truths to embrace your life. I want them to affect you. And so he goes on and, and, and he says, strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Let me ask you a question. You ever need strength? You ever have one of those days where you just think, I can't do this anymore. I got to take a break. Now, God, if, if I'm going to get through this one, you're going to have to do it. I, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a trial now, and I just can't do it. He's saying, I, I pray that you would have strength in your inner being coming straight from God. Another way that this word strengthen is translated in the original language is, it's like saying, he wants to encourage you. I, I, want, you to be, I want you to be encouraged. But you might ask this question. You might ask, well, why? I mean, why is Paul praying that, that God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being? Here it is. Don't miss this. As a matter of fact, enthusiastically say with me, don't miss this. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Okay, one more time. I'm like enthusiastic, like you're into it, like you're with me, right? Ready? One, two, three. Don't miss this. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Why, Paul? Look at verse 17. This is the bottom line. So that, here's why he's saying all this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Remember that Paul has talked extensively about all the blessings that we have in Christ. And now he's saying, in light of it all, what do I want? Oh, I long, don't miss this. I long for Christ to dwell in your hearts. But what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, what does it mean to have Christ dwell in your hearts? What does it mean? It's the idea that the, the Spirit of God would be at home in you. It's not just like a, a, like a visiting guest. No, no, it's, it's like He abides in you. He ab- abides in your heart. That might, Christ might dwell in your hearts, in, in all of you, in our, in our thoughts, in our feelings, in, 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 in our will. Think for a minute about the difference between dwelling and association. Um, you can associate with someone sometimes, even if you're in the same building. Yeah, I work with so-and-so, a huge company. We're in the same building. Yeah, I, I associate, yeah. Association, low connection, right? Low risk, low information. Dwelling's different, isn't it? Dwelling's much different. I mean, think about association. You can wear a red t-shirt on a Saturday in the fall in Nebraska, know absolutely nothing about football. And you have associated with the greatest college football team in history. Right? Amen. Yeah. I got 20 bucks for that. 20 bucks. Yeah. I'll say about anything for 20. Think about that, though. That's association. Red shirt. No strings attached. I'm in the grocery store. Yeah, I should be watching the game. I know. Yeah, but, but here's the deal. I, 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 you associate. Dwelling is different. Dwelling is like face paint. Know the stats. Know the coach. I mean, you're into it. Spiritually, think about this. Spiritually, dwelling is... It's a heart level. Dwelling is like, it, it, wow, it's impacting me. Dwelling is, it, it, it's up close, it's, it's personal. If you had to summarize this statement, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, if you had to summarize that statement in one word, you could write in and maybe jot this down, you could say, salvation. Paul's heartfelt prayer is that the foundation would be established, that the basis for understanding and walking with God would be established. And he knows that 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 starts where? It starts by having Christ dwell in our hearts. I remember in college working uh, masonry construction. I mean, the toughest guys, biggest strong hands you ever met, right? 
And I remember we'd get to a new job site and the footings would usually be laid. And so they'd take out their brush and start kind of dusting off the footings. And then what they would do in this job, they were, guys were always in a hurry because the more blocks, I mean, you just, you can understand that. But they would always take their time with the first course. Why? Because if you got the first course off, the whole building would be off, right? Paul is saying, this is the first thing. Does Christ dwell in your heart? This morning, do you know God personally? Are you saved? If Christ dwells in your heart, you are. If Christ does not dwell in your heart, you're not. Let's keep going. Look what he says. He builds on this reality. The second part of verse 17, he says, and, and I pray, kind of part two here, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, and think about that for a second, together with all the saints, to grasp how, how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. After Paul, after Christ is dwelling in you, think about this for a second, after Christ is dwelling in you, Paul's saying, hey, I want you to be rooted and established in love. And then he says, I want you to grasp the love of God. You know, to grasp it, it means you, like you cling to it. Like when I'm in, my, in the parking lot with my three-year-old daughter, you know, she'll go anywhere. I grasp her hands. I, I take a hold of it. Why? The Apostle Paul is saying this, I want you to grasp. I want you to get a hold of how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. <laughs> Do you get the impression that the Apostle Paul can't put this in words. He's thinking about the love of God, and it's just like, oh, I, I, wide and deep, and da, da, da. And, and, you know, he, you see him putting in all sorts of more words just to make it even, even bigger. It's immeasurable. Look at verse 19. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. We can't get it. It's beyond us. It's too wide. It's too long. It's too high. It's too deep. Love of God. You can't, you can't get, you just can't grab your, grab your mind around it. It's like the Apostle Paul saying, hey, I want you to grasp something. You can't grasp it. It's amazing. Think about this for a second. I mean, think about what's the deepest thing you know. Think about the ocean for a minute. If you put Mount Everest in the deepest part of our ocean, but there's a place off the, off by, near Japan um, in the Pacific Ocean, deepest part of the ocean. If you put Mount Everest, So almost 30,000 feet tall. If you put that in in that deepest spot and then you went to the very summit of of that mountain, there would still be another mile and a quarter before you get to the top of the, the water's surface. We can barely get our minds around that kind of depth. Yet the love of God, the Apostle Paul is saying, it surpasses knowledge. It's uncomprehendable. Notice how he builds on this. Why does Paul want us to, to have this, this Christ dwell in us? Why does he want us to, to grasp the magnitude of the love of God? Look at the second part of verse 19. He writes that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He's saying, I, I want you to, to be filled with the measure. I want you to, to be filled with the love of God. And then look at verse 20. It's known as the, the doxology and The Apostle Paul, he finishes this with a bang. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's a powerful prayer for us, isn't it? Paul ends it by saying, all glory goes to God. 
Powerful prayer. And know this, he prayed that for you. He prayed that for me. Now I want to close this morning with, with just two questions. Two questions that I think really are for two different crowds of people. So one of these two I think will land with you. If you would say this morning that, that Christ is dwelling in your heart, if you would say that there's, there's come a time in my life I can look back on it when, when I accepted Jesus Christ and, and I can point to that, that, that day and that season of my life when, when I found Christ, if you can do that, the natural question that, that really flows straight from this text is this. Is the dwelling of Christ being expressed through my life? You might jot that question down. Paul's desire was that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Why? So that we could express that love. A friend of ours uh, gave us a, a jar of uh, fresh blueberries this week. I love blueberries, right? And uh, he gave those to us and, and, you know, they were sealed. The jar was sealed and my kids got a hold of them. And, and, uh, but here's the thing. This friend did, did not want us just to keep that jar and keep the lid on it and carry it around the house and a couple weeks later say, oh, look, there's mold growing, but it's full. Isn't it nice? It's full. It's still full. Didn't want that. He wanted us to take that lid off, bust it open, and just start enjoying those, right? The Apostle Paul wants the love of God that dwells inside of each of us. Don't miss this. He wants it to be expressed, to be enjoyed, to be felt by others. Being here in the building this week uh, with the Leadership Summit, you know, I was thinking through this passage and I was seeing different volunteers just doing an excellent job serving our city. And I tell you what, you couldn't help but think, oh, it's the love of God. It's just flowing right through them. From time to time, word gets back to our staff about some of the things that, that you are doing in, in your workplace or in your neighborhood. It, it's, it's the love of God. It's inspiring. Question, is the, is the dwelling of Christ being expressed through my life? That's a question that I want to go back to this week. I want to wrestle through this. And here's why. Because if there are places... If there are times in my life, if there are different areas of my life where this dwelling could be expressed more, I, I want to step into that this week. I, I want to express the love of God. Ask yourself that question. Is the dwelling of Christ, is it being expressed? Is there any area of my life where I would say, you know what, I kind of hold back there. Yeah, there, I'm, I'm out there. But there, I'm kind of reserved. And then the second question, and this would be for the other crowd of people that are here this morning. Ask yourself this question. Is Jesus Christ dwelling in my heart? You know, maybe you listen to a talk like this and, and you hear about the magnitude of the love of God and, and you hear about the fact that you, you can't grasp it, that you're supposed to try to grasp it, but it's immeasurable and it's, it's beyond grasp because it's so great. And you hear that and, and the person that, that, that follows and knows Jesus Christ goes, wow, this morning I stand in awe of that truth. But if you don't know Christ, you hear that and maybe you say, you know what, I want to have that. I, I want to begin to grasp that. I, I, I don't have Christ in my life. At this moment, I'm not restored. At this moment, I have not received forgiveness. At this moment, I'm, I'm distant. I'm far from God. And maybe you would say this though. I want this love that's offered to me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in, in just a minute. And, and, and here's the reason Why? It's because the, the Apostle Paul makes it clear in this passage that, that Christ dwells in our hearts, but he doesn't just say, 
hey, Christ dwells in your hearts and, and, and you should, that should be true of you. And you know what? Brookside Church, you're going to read that letter a long time. So you've got a lo- long time later. And so you've got, you've got a while to figure out exactly how that works. No. He says, hey, I want, the, I want Christ to dwell in your hearts. But then he gives us exactly how it happens. He says, through faith. Earlier in chapter 2, he expounded on that. Chapter 2, verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Can't claim it like, oh, I did that. No, it's a gift. My kids and I were out for a walk um, last week and, and uh, we ran into uh, this young man in our neighborhood and, uh, and we've known him for a while and interacted a few times and, and, um, and the, 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 the door got open just to talk about spiritual things. And, and uh, so we asked him, we said, well, hey, how do you think you can know God? I mean, how, how do you think that you can be in relationship with God? And boom, first words out of his mouth were this. You, you be a good person. And he had kind of been loving on my kids a little bit. And he said, you be nice to people like I really try to be. So we talked about that. And we talked about the fact that, you know what? Even on our very best day, we fall short in measure to God. We fall short. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, some of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. It says, when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. And then get this, not because of the righteous things we had done. And then it says, but because of His mercy. You don't earn mercy. You receive it. You receive His love. It's so wide, it's so high, you you can't earn it. It's so deep, it surpasses knowledge. It makes a believer go, I'm so glad I'm experiencing that love. Question for you this morning, please don't miss this. Is Jesus Christ dwelling in your heart? And I would ask you today, if he's not, would, would you receive him? Would you step across that line today and would you say, you know what, I have put this off way too long. And you know what? The voice inside of me just keeps saying, not today, not today, not today. But I would just say to you, would you just say, enough, enough. And would you, would you grasp onto the love of God today that surpasses knowledge, love for you, your heavenly father, your creator, love that he has for you. And so let's close by doing this. Let's just bow our heads together and, and let's pray. Lord, we stand amazed before you this morning and... Uh, Lord, we can't comprehend the, the love that you have for us. And Lord, we pray that, um, that, Christ would, that Christ would truly dwell in our hearts. Lord, I think of all the, the people here today that would say, you know what, I'm a Christ follower. And, 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 and I would pray, Lord, that, that Christ would dwell in our hearts to, to, the, to the fullness in, in such a way that it would be expressed in our lives, that people around us would know that we're following you. Might it be overflowing from us? So God, give us courage in those areas where we're not walking with you or where we're timid. God, might it overflow the love of God. And then for that second group this morning, and if that second question was for you, and you'd say, you know what, right now, Christ does not dwell in me. You know, I want to give you an opportunity to embrace the love of God, to embrace the love that your heavenly Father has for you through Jesus Christ. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you. Would you pray in these words? And you can pray your own words, but in essence, here's what you're saying. You're saying, God, the door is open. God, I'm asking you this morning, Lord, would you come in? I've waited too long. I've tried too much that's been unsatisfying. And God, I'm asking you today, Lord, would you be mine? 
Would you be my leader? Would you be my savior? And so maybe repeat something like this in your own heart. Lord, I, I come to you and Lord, I, I give my heart to you today. I, I put my faith in Jesus Christ and, and the forgiveness that comes through the cross. And Lord, I thank you today that I am forgiven. Lord, thank you that you love me with an ungraspable love. You know, and if you just prayed that prayer and you would say, hey man, pray for me now. I just began a relationship with God. I've been far from God and I'm, I'm stepping into that today. I wanna ask you to do something kind of bold this morning. I'm gonna ask you and then in just a minute, I'm gonna say, hey, would you put your hand up in there? And here's why I want you to do that. One, I, I wanna pray for you. I want to make eye contact with you and I want to pray for you specifically. And so right now, if that's you, if you prayed that prayer, if the Spirit of God has moved in your heart and you would say, I've never grasped the love of God, but this morning I'm taking my opportunity. I'm moving into relationship with you. I want Jesus Christ to dwell in me. I'd ask you right now, shoot your hand up in the air. Yeah, put it in the air. And here, and here there, there's a voice. Some of you have kind of going on in your mind right now saying, hey, don't do that. No, don't, don't do that. And here's what I would say to you. Grab some boldness this morning. Grab some boldness and say, you know what? I'm embracing the love of God. Yeah, put your, just put your hand up in there. Let me pray for you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Good job. Yeah, you know, heaven's going crazy right now. It's amazing. So Lord, I pray for these people. And God, I pray that you would protect them. And God, I pray that you would grow them up to be devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that today, through your word, today is the day of salvation. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. Lord, we love you. And Lord, it's great to be in the family of God. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, let's put our hands together for our great God. Yeah? And then I, I just want to just one last thing. If you know, if you began a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning um, at Brookside, we don't want you to come to know God and then just kind of get lost in the crowd. Uh, we want to help you. We want to help you get connected. And so we've got a free gift for you upstairs at Information Central. If you just fill out your little card and go up there and say, "Hey, I, I became a follower of Christ today," they'll give you a little packet. It'll it's got just some good tools uh, to be able to help you in your walk and and to get you uh, connected. So, yeah, praise God. Hey, uh, let's, let's close by now just enthusiastically. Let's, uh, let's just, in our hearts, let's worship the Lord together.